G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby and check the political agenda for the week ahead. Martin Isles is Managing Director of the ACL. Martin's back with us. Hi, Martin. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Good to be back. And Martin, uh, trusting you've had a restful weekend. Uh, yes, Neil, I have had a restful weekend. I managed to take the whole weekend off and got out on my bike and all sorts of things. So it was lovely and beautiful and cool in Canberra at the moment. So you can ride a long way without getting too sweaty. Well, I'm just interested in the fact that, uh, you know, things are hotting up and uh, significant things are happening last week with the budget. Of course, uh, the likelihood of the election campaign. Uh, we want to make sure you're well rested because I f- suspect you'll be very busy in the coming weeks ahead. Yes, uh, to say the least. <laughs> We've got a few big weeks. The federal election will soon be announced and uh, it'll be all on. Hey, let's start with something from last week, the federal budget and uh, the announcement of 16,500 additional humanitarian visas for people from Afghanistan over four years. And uh, you had a campaign going along before uh, that uh, budget announcement. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's been announced? Well, I think the federal budget as a whole was relatively predictable and, uh, you know, I've, I have my concerns with some aspects of it. But one of the really good things, Neil, is this uh, issue that you've just highlighted, which is that uh, there was an announcement by the federal government that they would open up 16,500 additional humanitarian visas for refugees uh, and those 16,500 additional places would be specifically allocated to people who are fleeing the Taliban regime in Afghanistan. This is something that ACL has been uh, campaigning for ever since the uh, debacle occurred in Afghanistan and the Taliban seized control. Uh, We were campaigning alongside a coalition of Christian groups um, the One of the primary ones was a group called MICA Australia, which many people will know by virtue of uh, it's, um, uh, the, the man who runs that, which is Tim Costello. Um, and we've been pushing this for a while. Uh, it's been a long time coming, uh, and we've finally got a result. We were asking for 20,000. They've given 16 and a half. I count that as, you know, uh, pretty close to what we were asking for. So it's a, it's a very good outcome. Um, it's, it's a small number in the scheme of things. Uh, people, people do need to know that, especially after a couple of years uh, with no immigration into Australia, uh, which would normally see, you know, many, many times that number of people coming in every year. Uh, and also, given that this is a program specifically for those who are fleeing the Taliban, the great advantage is the kinds of people that you're going to get will be uh, almost entirely persecuted minorities, uh, those who have something to fear from the Taliban. Uh, and those persecuted minorities will include, for example, Christians. Um, and so it's a, it's a good move. Uh, it will see some really needy people uh, given support. Uh, but it's not 
so generous that it's going to undermine really anything uh, in terms of Australia's uh, other priorities. So uh, I, I, I welcome this announcement. It's a good outcome for all of those who have been campaigning now for some months. Some will remember the controversy dating back to 2015 when there was a push for some level of preference for Christian refugees uh, out of Syria. And uh, there was a thought there that if you said that uh, Christians are a persecuted minority and they should be given some level of uh, preferential treatment, that some don't look on that very favourably. No doubt there's still a a battle on there uh, so far as these refugees go. But as you say, Martin, uh, Christians named among the minorities. But Christians are particularly at risk, aren't they, in Afghanistan? The brutality of the Taliban, uh, they just don't like infidels and especially Christians. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, that is correct, Neil. And, uh, you know, it's a bit absurd, really, that uh, back when they did the special intake for Syrian refugees, when ISIS was uh, rampaging through that part of the world, uh, they did a very similar thing under the Abbott government. uh, And they uh, welcomed about 20,000 Syrian refugees. And the unofficial sort of whisper-in-the-ear kind of policy up in Parliament and through the uh, channels that they were using to locate those refugees was, you know, this is for Christians. Uh, because, of course, the Christians were the ones who were copying it the worst. Uh, there were some Yazidi and some other minorities as well, but the unofficial preference was Christians. Uh, and, of course, that had to be kept uh, really quite quiet, and that was not announced openly in the media or to the Australian public because of the controversy that it would create. Because, of course, here in Australia, we can't, you know, so many people can't imagine Christians being a persecuted minority. Uh, But in the Middle East, it's a very, very different story. And I will say, as an aside, one of the reasons I got on board with the Afghanistan campaign was because I've had the great privilege of um, going to Western Sydney a number of times and meeting with the Syrian communities and communities also from places like Iraq and Iran. Uh, In fact, the current um, Chaldean Catholic Archbishop of Sydney uh, was the Archbishop of Mosul uh, before he came to Sydney and he fled ISIS. And I've met so many of the people who that program directly helped and who are here in this country living in safety and security because of that program. And they are actually tremendous Christian folk, uh, some of the best, strongest, most wonderful Christian people I've ever had the privilege of meeting. Uh, And I'm so glad they're here, and I'm so glad we were able to help them. And uh, they uh, obviously are so uh, delighted by the day that they were able to take advantage of that visa program and come to Australia. So uh, that's a big part of the reason I got on board with the Afghanistan campaign. It's capable of doing a lot of good. And the kinds of people who will come here will be people who are just um, fleeing for their lives and who need help. Fabulous. Let's touch on something else that's important. And in some respect here, there's already an unofficial federal election campaign that is running. But uh, there are a lot of people, and it seems to be a lot of people in the media, just waiting with bated breath for some sort of formal announcement. Uh, It's likely to be announced this week. That's correct, Neil. I think the federal election will be announced, if not this week, then next week. I mean, uh, you know, it's hard to uh, say anything with certainty at times like this, but uh, the federal budget really was the unofficial start of the campaign. I think the Prime Minister will let that have its run in the media, which usually is about a week-long sort of process. And then as soon as the heat's going out of that, it will be uh, campaign time. So we can expect an election in the next sort of uh, five, six 
seven-week period, uh, sort of taking us through to the absolute latest, the 21st of May. Uh, and so we are, uh, yeah, in the process of really gearing up uh, for the federal election campaign at the moment. And there'll be an awful lot of people and uh, lots of people listening to our conversation today who'll be looking for opportunities that are created by the Australian Christian Lobby around things like some community forums, meet the candidates, uh, let's talk about the real issues with the people who will be voting for in our communities. Uh, Give us some insight here, Martin. What sort of activities have you got planned uh, from the Australian Christian Lobby in the lead up to the election? Well, we do have some forums planned, Neil, and people can keep track of those on our mailing list. Um, but the lion's share of ATL's effort in this campaign will be uh, an outward-reaching effort into middle Australia, the quiet Australians, the key electorates around the country that are going to be really decisive so that we are going to run all sorts of uh, campaign activities. We have 7,700 active volunteers at the moment. We have about 150 local electorate coordinators who are in charge of that volunteer army. We'll be doing all sorts of things, from phone canvassing to leaflet dropping to uh, we'll be using all sorts of technology that the political parties use, you know, the robocalls, the ringless voicemails delivered to people's phones, uh, all sorts. We'll be getting billboards in key seats. Uh, And when I say key seats, I mean those seats that belong to people who uh, have done the wrong thing or the right thing over the last uh, term of parliament. Uh, Because I really do believe that this election, more than any other, is about people. It's not about parties. Because we have this problem in Australia at the moment where every party contains some good people some really good people. I mean, we've all heard about Kimberly Kitching tragically passing away recently. She was one of the good guys in Labor and someone who we could talk to very freely and openly and who would fall on the right side of nearly every social issue. Uh, She was fantastic. And she's not the only one in Labor. Uh, Likewise, in the Liberal Party, we know that there's quite a number of really good people and a number of Christian folk uh, who believe, you know, who have the courage of their convictions. And also in the minor parties, there are some good people. But actually in all three of those, there's some people who are there for doing, uh, doing incalculable damage. Uh, in Labor, you've got the wrong people in control. In the Liberal Party, you had the wrong people take control over the religious discrimination bill and the protections for Christian schools and really nearly do incalculable damage to both of those uh, issues just in recent weeks. And in the minor parties, and I would just caution people thinking to vote for a minor party, I'd say just just forget about the party for a second and focus on the person and ask yourself, who is this person? Because many of them have very poor social values that don't align with Christian belief at all, but there are some that do, and you've just got to be really wise. And of course, the ACL campaign is to single out some of those people who did the wrong thing, especially the four or five liberal MPs who um, undermined religious freedom and undermined um, the cause of, uh, of, of Christian schools in recent weeks, uh, and also on the other side of politics as well. But also there's a number of really solid people who, whatever the parliament looks like after this election, we want to make sure that they're in it, uh, whether their party wins or loses. Uh, and we're talking about some really key candidates uh, across the Liberal spectrum, uh, particularly on the Liberal side, but across the spectrum, uh, who we'd like to back in with some serious grassroots, people-powered campaign support. And it's exciting, Neil, because this kind of campaign capability, it really only exists on the far left. 
until now. Uh, it used to be the get-ups of the world. It used to be the Climate 200 type groups. It used to be these people out there who are real radicals, uh, who have quite dirty campaign tactics, but also but make politicians live in fear of them because of what they can achieve come election time. Uh, all of a sudden, we're in an exciting position where we can contribute uh, in a hopefully more godly and more Christian way, but we can nonetheless contribute to the campaign strength uh, in this election. Uh, and I think it's really the beginning of a new day where uh, we can get those who are good to have the courage of their convictions because they can expect support, uh, when, when the election comes, and those who are there to cause trouble just to think twice before they undermine religious freedom next time. So uh, it's an exciting time, Neil, and that's the nature of what we're going to be getting up to in this campaign. Uh, wonderful having thousands of volunteers uh, who are on hand in those key electorates to be able to talk about and alert uh, voters to the issues around voting. Hey, In more recent times, Martin, there's been some churches that have made their venues available for like a meet the candidate forum can the acl assist in any way to you know to host one of those forums Uh, you mentioned you've got coordinators in a lot of electorates around australia Uh, those sorts of forums can they happen in a local church uh they can happen in a local church yes uh, and they can happen really anywhere but um at the moment we've got a couple planned and we have been advertising them to supporters in the local area so for example there is one i believe coming up in the act Uh, But there's also one in the Gold Coast area in Queensland that I've seen, uh, and there will be others. So those forums are taking place in key areas. Um, One of the things we're doing at the moment is focusing on the most important areas. Otherwise, you spread yourself too thin uh, and you have no uh, you, you have limited impact. Whereas if you can focus on the key areas, you can you can focus more resources. Uh, and so people will find those forums in many of their districts and suburbs. Uh, if there's not one in your area, however, it doesn't matter where you live in the country, you can always volunteer to be part of the campaign because there's things for people to do no matter where they live. Okay, well, acl.org.au to connect there. And I know uh, one of those forums planned, as you say, on the Gold Coast on the 11th of April, already there's had to be a venue upgrade because uh, when you've got these free registration tickets, uh, you can tell how many people want to go there. And if you've got a venue that's too small, you've got people on the ground upgrading the venue. There's already an upgrade there. So uh, some pretty impressive things happening so far as people supporting an ACL Uh, Meet the Candidate Forum. Just quickly on this issue, uh, in Western Australia, they really uh, overstepped uh, the mark and went all out to prevent the ACL from actually having meetings in public buildings. Uh, They've actually backtracked on some of that, but uh, you're not quite as convinced that the backtracking is far enough. Well, yeah, this is an interesting one, Neil. Uh, people, uh, some listeners might remember that uh, it was last year, I mean, speaking of having events in public venues, we were running this Truth of It Live tour, which will be coming back later this year on uh, in, in some of the states we missed. But uh, we were going to Western Australia to run some of those in Perth, Geraldton, Albany and uh, Bunbury. And uh, we were trying to book venues and the venues were declining our booking. Uh, and we were thinking this is uh, smell. We smelt a rat, uh, and we did some investigation. And we were informed by one of the venue staff uh, that it was because of the booking policy of the WA state government, who either owned the venues or had c- a controlling interest in the venues. These are things like um, the RAC Arena, the uh, Perth Concert Hall, 
the uh, Albany Entertainment Centre, places like this. And of course, the policy, when we looked at it, we couldn't believe our eyes. It literally said that people were banned from hiring these public, publicly owned venues uh, if their views did not represent the views of the West Australian state government. And we sat there and thought, that's bonkers. I mean, if you've got a government that is expressly deplatforming people and shutting them out of public spaces because they disagree with them, that's not a democratic government. Uh, That's the sort of thing you expect in an authoritarian government where only one political opinion is permitted. Uh, And it was such a serious and, and egregious uh, uh, policy that we felt that we had to challenge it. So we challenged it with a lot of grassroots people power, phone calls and emails to the relevant minister and so on. Uh, we did lodge a legal complaint as well because it was our view that the policy was illegal. And there was an enormous amount of media coverage, especially in Western Australia. In fact, it was wall to wall on the news bulletin one night um, that we had been locked out because we were espousing Christian views and the West Australian government didn't. Um, Now, we prevailed in the moment. The West Australian government backed down completely. But also what's happened is that they said that they were going to go away and redraft the policy. Uh, And finally, after some months, this new policy has come out, uh, and that's reported in The Australian today. And it is a near complete back down. All of that egregious stuff that was in there is pretty much gone. So we count it as a win. But, uh, Neil, you just referred to the fact that there is something in there that does still make us raise an eyebrow. They say that one of the reasons a venue could decline a booking was if there was a risk of unacceptable harm to venue staff. And, of course, the point that I made uh, to the journalist when he was talking to me was, well, we're all too familiar with the way that word harm uh, is used by activist types to say, well, I am harmed because I'm hearing something that I disagree with is harmful. It's hurting me. It's attacking my identity. So therefore, you know, this is this is harm. And uh, that's something we've encountered a lot. And so the point I made was, well, you know, one of these venues could say, oh, no, we can't have UACL types here because you're going to harm, say, our LGBT staff because they can't bear to hear what you're saying. Um, And that's a very real problem and it's an excuse we've been given before. Um, And of course you fall back into exactly the position you're in at the start, which is that suddenly they're picking winners and losers again based on their political opinion. So we raise that concern. Um, It is there, but I must say the policy as a whole, it's night and day compared to where it was. I mean, the old policy even banned Taiwan from hiring venues. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of a weird pro-Chinese thing, uh, and that's all gone. So, yeah, I'm going to take it as a win, but um, it'll be interesting when we go back to Perth. Uh, we'll see whether they rely on that uh, little loophole they've created for themselves, and if they do, we might have another campaign on our hands. <laughs> so WA has almost completely backtracked on that, and uh, so uh, I guess there's a, a green tick from you so far as that goes, but yes, there's there's still a little loophole in there that perhaps needs to be fixed. Hey, Martin, running short of time, uh, just to raise one more issue, and that is there's a new book out called Christianity Matters. In fact, you're a contributor to it, and there's a whole bunch of authors, including yourself, and uh, edited by Kevin Donnelly, but Christianity Matters, this is an important book at this time. 
Uh, I think it is, Neil, and uh, it's it's quite a moment. I'm I'm, I'm sort of I'm a published author, uh, which is which is exciting with a mainstream publisher. But yeah, this is uh, Dr. Kevin Donnelly is the editor of this book, Christianity Matters. It has a host of contributors, uh, people like Tim Costello, who I mentioned earlier in the interview, uh, Augusta Zimmerman, who might be known to some of the listeners, uh, and a number of others, uh, Stuart Piggin, who's quite a well-known Australian historian, um, all contributing chapters. I think there's 12 or 13 chapters to this book, and it really just chronicles the contribution of Christianity to our society, whether it be in the arts, whether it be in the spiritual realm, whether it be through uh, economics, or whether it be through whatever cultural institutions, education, um, parliament, etc., etc. My chapter is called The Christian Citizen, and the point of the chapter is simply to show something which is well attested to well-researched, well-understood through mainstream journals, mainstream universities across the world for many years, which is that actually Christians make the best citizens of any country. They are philanthropists, they have strong marriages, they have good family life, they've got lower mental health problems, they've got greater physical health, uh, they don't commit crimes at the same rates as the ordinary population, uh, they participate in democracy more than the average person, they volunteer more widely than the average person, they give social support, and so on and so on. And I just cite the studies, and there's vast uh, numbers of them, very reliable, reputable studies which show this. Uh, and the point that I make, of course, is, well, if the government really wants the best society, they ought to be actively promoting Christianity, at least religious freedom. Uh, But also, uh, it's another reason for us to be unashamed of our faith, because it really does make a real difference to people's lives. Uh, And it's another reason for us to be bold in our proclamation of Christ and the gospel, uh, because we know that this faith uh, has a profound impact on the inner life of a person and it transforms them from the inside out. So it was a great chapter to be able to write, and I was really happy to do it. And uh, people can pre-order that book, um, and it'll be uh, coming out uh, in, in, in a few weeks' time uh, and shipping. So, uh, And that's from Wilkinson Publishing, I believe. So, um, yeah, it's exciting time. Well, in challenging times like this, uh, to get a hold of a book called Christianity Matters, uh, some listeners will be... Uh, Uh, Looking around for a pen right now to write that down. Christianity Matters, as Martin says, you can pre-order that. Wilkinson Publishing. Uh, Look out for the chapter from Martin Isles, The Christian Citizen. Hey, let me point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website uh, where you can follow on some of these issues that we're talking about today. And, of course, with an election about to be called, uh, the Standing Army of Volunteers who are at work right around Australia. You might want to be a part of that too. ACL.org.au the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au. Martin, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.